dog, I was in fucking tears. I wasn't in tears, I was just like, yeah, that's good. Alright, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Theater Cleaners. I am Todd, beside me is Dom, and today we're going to be talking about a, a pretty interesting film. It's a lot of... A lot of fun just jam-packed into a two-hour time frame. It's not the most cinematic, it's not the most, you know, unique, but it's one that's really fun and entertaining, and, like, there's some some interesting facts that go along with it. So today we're going to be talking about The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Not the original, but the remake from 2013. Dom, gave us a brief synopsis, buddy. Um, So the brief synopsis I feel like everybody can relate to is this guy with a honestly pretty interesting job, but boring to him. Uh, and he daydreams a lot, just always in different situations. What would be cool? Oh, that'd be so cool. Blah, blah, blah. And he, uh, he has this big crush on a girl and then basically he daydreams, gets fired, goes on a crazy mission to at first, like save his job that doesn't work. And then he just goes on it to find himself. Yeah. And then it's a cool moment. Feel good moment at the end. That's kind of a really general one without spoiling anything yet. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Honestly, I'll also give you guys the synopsis I pulled off of Google because it's also pretty good, and I just wanted to... Why would you have me say that first? Oh, you know I know my synopsis is always the worst. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> how Google would say it is, uh, a daydreamer escapes his anonymous life by disappearing into a world of fantasies filled with heroism... Holy shit, I can't speak. Heroism. Heroism, romance, and action. When his job, along with that of his co-worker, are threatened, Walter takes action in the real world, embarking on a global journey that turns into an adventure more extraordinary than anything he could have imagined. I can't speak, and I fumble fuck my words, but that that's the Google version. I like it. Um, I think mine was better, but that's fine. That's what I heard you? Yeah, it's whatever. All right, so, initial thoughts. Sorry, was that kind of loud? That was a little loud. Uh, what are your initial thoughts about this movie? Just give me a brief little, what you think? Um, I think utilizing the look, feel, and language of life itself was really interesting. And as you can see throughout the film, the... Life mean magazine. Life magazine. Yes. But also life itself. I know. There's a bit of yeah. duality there that I actually thought was pretty relevant regardless. Yeah. And I think they did that in their branding originally. But anyways, uh, they utilized the look, feel, and language of life magazine. And I think that was one of the elements that really does a good job. Because a lot of their lingo is fucking beautiful. Like, it's like the purpose of life and all of those kind of things. Those are really fun for me. But also, I really enjoyed the cinematography. I think that yeah. they utilize, like, being on location really well by using those giant establishing wide shots with, like, a silhouette of Stiller coming in and all of those different elements. And I thought it was just a beautiful look. And they did some cool stuff with some of the lighting and the color throughout it. That was also really interesting. Yeah. Um, For my initial thoughts, I, I think this movie is fun. It's very fun. I know you used a lot more, like, flowery, beautiful language, but straight up, like, this movie's fun to watch. It's an entertaining one. Um, sometimes you're watching a movie that's, like, classically a good movie, and it gets a little bogged down, a little boring. But this one is, like, objectively, it's not, like, anything special. It's not, like, a crazy, uh, like, influential movie. It doesn't do anything, like, particularly, like, amazing, innovative. It's not important for any reasons, like, what we normally pick movies for. This was just, honestly, a fun movie to watch. It's really entertaining. It's got some really cool moments that you can learn from. Um, but really, it's just entertaining. 
Yeah, and I think ultimately that's kind of why we chose to do it this week is just because we've done a lot of serious stuff recently and like some of them are relevant and current, but it's also just nice to like be a viewer of a film and just sit back and enjoy it because like usually when we sit down and watch these films, we're both taking notes, we're writing down all the stuff that we think we need to talk about. And with this one, it was more of just like a, I'm going to sit back and just enjoy this. Like, I'm naturally going to have stuff that I want to talk about because it's just interesting and it's a fun journey that you, you're you just along for. Yeah. Um, one of the first things I'll say kind of about what I thought about the movie. No, let us. Actually, not really what I thought about the movie, but there's no set that we're talking about. Um, I think you said something similar to this, but watching a lot of these actors in these, like, it's not like a serious role, but like, it's like a normal role. Like, who did, who did you specifically say? Oh, Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig, yeah. So you you had her as an example. It's really uncommon as a hero role that's not like some fucking super wacky over the top, really crazy role. She's like really baseline, like really normal, really like real world feeling in this role. And it's just like it's kind of funny because you're seeing a lot of these actors. They're just like this is not their normal vibe, and I love it. No, but I also do think that they get to nail their normal vibe with oh, the daydreams. Yeah. Yes. I didn't even think about that. Because, like, think about the dude from uh, Severance or Parks and Rec. Uh, oh, yeah. I want to say Adam Scott. Like, him playing the boss, that is very much, like, him a lot of times in his normal role. He always plays, like, the stuffy business guy or whatever. Yeah. But he's also always in comedies. And, like, mm-hmm. think about the fight scene between him and Stiller with the Stretch Armstrong. Like, that is him to a T. Right. That is him nailing that. That's getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Because honestly, with this film, it's such a journey that I think it would be great for us to kind of just move along with the timeline of the story. Okay. So with I'll that, let you go first. Yeah. Um, try to follow. I'm a little yeah, yeah, slower yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. No, I got you, baby. Don't worry. You're my little bird right now. Um. No. So. And I'm the goat. <laughs> yes. Um. <laughs> no. So. Overall, this film actually was in development for a little over 10 years. Uh, Basically, it started off with someone at Paramount wanting to do a remake. That person ended up leaving Paramount uh, about five years into, you know, the the start process of this. And then he eventually transfers over to, I want to say, Fox. And then once he's over to Fox, they actually start doing it. But all throughout this time of this 10-year period, they were bringing in different actors to demo for the role. They were bringing in different directors and writers and all these different people to basically write their take on it. And no one ever really nailed what they were, what the studio itself was wanting. So eventually Stiller comes along, becomes Walter Mitty pitches his idea for the story and what makes this story different from uh the original film as well as the book is walter in the originals whenever he would daydream he would daydream he's someone else whereas in this film he's picturing a different version of himself like i can be these things but i'm just not them and that was one of the takes that like really is awesome because it's like, yeah, that's more how people daydream. I don't want to be someone else. I'm already me, but how can I be a better version of myself? And I thought that was great. Yeah. But anyways, Stiller ends up becoming, you know, the director, the producer, and one of the lead actors. And honestly, I love this film. And it starts off in a really great way. And shout out to the production for characterizing a person with the name of Todd because that doesn't happen often. And usually when they do that, it's kind of a weird person. And I think Patton Oswald played a great Todd because when the film starts out and he's starting to build his eHarmony profile, he's out on that train platform 
and it is dark, it is dull, the colors feel a little muted, it's bland. Boom, here comes Todd. Todd has so much energy, he's being great. I love that man. And then we get into the first Walter Daydream, and it's like, okay, we have all of these different colors, Walter's out doing some heroic shit, and then boom, cut back, he's just staring off into blank space. And I, honest to God, I do that all the time. Most of the time. You're not Todd in this situation? You're Walter Mitty? Oh, I'm Walter in this situation. You're Walter and Todd in this situation. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. Bit of a dual personality. Yeah. But no, I, I just love the way that it opens up and it actually showcases like, oh, we're going to mute the colors to just showcase that, hey, it's kind of dull, it's kind of boring, but then boom, we get into our daydream and it's like bright, airy, all that shit. It was fucking awesome. Definitely. Uh, also, just at the beginning of the film, something that's like kind of unrelated to that, um, but the film plays with its uh it's not just it's not just the beginning but the film plays with its title sequence um by like hiding it in the world oh yeah yeah and the one thing that's really cool about that is it's fun it's entertaining to watch it's interesting it's not just a title card on screen it's in the world but also it kind of plays with the daydream idea is like you're looking at the world and you're seeing different stuff you're kind of daydreaming that in that's right really so like point. when he's on the train platform like it changes to whatever the instead of this stop, I forget what stop it was like, whatever street it was. It changes to some other like intro or wherever it was going after that. And when he's getting on the plane later in the film, it has the life's it has the life's uh uh dude, that's on the runway and that runway. Yes, yeah. So it's really fun. It's a fun way to have like graphics integrated into your world, especially um like you don't need to be super realistic in your CGI. No. You can have it fun if it fits the feel correctly. Oh my god, and they do that all the time. Not yeah. only with the text, there's little animations scattered in and out of this film all the time. And it's it's just fun yeah. little elements. It's the like very the very first thing you see that's like CGI is him crashing through the window and jumping and it like looks fake. But it's a daydream. Yeah. And it it's makes sense. fun. It's fun to watch. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just something about this movie just really makes it fun to watch. And it it's a really good example. Here's my biggest thing, like like uh takeaway eyes from this movie is like it's okay to make a movie that's not super realistic or super grounded in anything if that's what you're going for yeah it's fun it's awesome it's a vibe it's a vibe it's a vibe caught a vibe <laughs> baby it's fun to watch yeah it's very fun um i don't know i think their attention to detail is really really well just yes. um and i mean a lot of that is like thanks to the production design, and I am still trying to keep this in, like, the linear timeline, and one of the instances of the production de design early on is, at the start of the film, they use a lot, a lot of, like, hard, rigid lines and strict guidelines throughout it. Like, I don't know if you picked up on this, but, like, there's a whole bunch of, like, different bookshelves, train, train, train platforms, all of those different things, like the segues of the road, and it's to signify the fact of, like, Walter's just living a linear life. Like, he's, he's on doing track. what he's supposed to do. He's on track. Yeah. And, like, you know, the production's design nailed that. Like, there's so many small elements within it that, like, adds to the story that isn't going to take away or draw attention away. Yeah. And a really good example of them breaking that later in the film, no, this is kind of not linear, but when he longboards down the hill, it's not a straight road. It? Madman over here, and you're thinking. That's crazy. Churning on all cylinders, my guy. Could just be a coincidence, but I like it. I'm it's how it's what the director thought. Yeah, you know, Ben Stiller really uh came into his own. And actually I found this out this wasn't his first director role. Really? No, Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder is a great movie. It would not do well today. Oh god. No. 
No, but the production designer for this was also the same one as uh, Tropic Thunder and... I want to say something else, but I can't remember. Anyways. Uh, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith and Transformers. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, and that that is Jeff Mann. Jeff Mann? With two N's. Dude, that's the guy right there. On Jeff. I'm just kidding. There's no two N's on that. On Jeff. But there is two N's on Mann. Oh, okay. Jeff Mann. Well, Jeff Mann did a really good job with this film, and I think a lot of what he did is really great. And he also really utilized the time and life building in New York. Like, the the Life magazine building, that's their real building. And, I mean, he utilized his... Um, like a lot of their spaces that they already had, but one of the ones that he actually fabricated was uh, Walter's office. The the uh, archival... The archives room. In real life, it's just like a tiny little closet and not much to it, very low ceilings, low light, all they of that They probably digitalized a lot of stuff. Yeah, but for the production design, they actually took a lot of inspiration from the Harvard libraries, okay. which is why there's those giant rows going rows. back of all yeah. the archival footage and all that kind of stuff. So it's... You know, they're taking what they already had, but they're adding to it to help the story a little bit. Also, early on, when we first get introduced to the building, there are so many extras walking through the building, and they're not, like, a leisure walk. They're all just, like, very choreographed, like, all walking in straight lines still. Really? Oh, yeah. Are you sure it's not just New Yorkers trying to get to their job? No, they're in the building. Yeah, but are you sure it's not just people in New York just trying to get to their job in the life building? I doubt it seems like a New Yorker thing. Well, I mean, when they were on loop, I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay. Okay. Do you, you're sorry. You're yanking my chain and it, I, 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 I feel it. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but anyways, so, um, obviously this film is just very fun. Um, just a quick question for you, Dom. I will answer it if I can. What do you think your favorite, like personal favorite moment from this film was? I can't answer that. Sorry. No, uh, my favorite personal moment. Oh shit! I don't know if I have a favorite moment particularly, but I think my favorite thing about this movie is the whole life and film aspect to it. Is because I just I love that kind of photography, like that that Life magazine. Like having a cover for Life magazine is maybe one of the most. Well, it used to be it no longer prints, but it was probably one of the most. It's it's the Medal of Honor. It's being awarded the Medal of Honor for a film photographer, getting getting your cover of Life magazine. That'd be so cool, right? Yeah, like, like that and Nat Geo would probably be the yeah. two cream of the crop. Yeah, I just I just love the look of Life magazine. The aesthetic of it is so sick. Um, they still have it on, on a website. You can still look it up online. They have like a web version, but it's not as cool. It's not the same. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I just love the whole like dude's just a contact for a photographer thing. Like I just, I don't know. And also I think another my, one of my favorite moments is that, is that like uh, um, his office. What do we, what do we call it? The, uh, it's like the, oh God, there's an actual name for it. The annex? No, it's not. No, it's the negative assets office. The negative assets office, but the uh, like the room that they're in, just like the whole like library storage place of all that stuff. I don't know. I just think that'd be so cool as like a as like a movie nerd, and like I love photography. That'd be so cool just to be in there and look at all these like famous photographers' photos and just like the negatives of stuff. Ah, just be so cool. I think I'm my favorite part. I don't know if I have a favorite moment from the movie other than just like a general favorite. Like that's my favorite part of it. Kind of. What about you? 
So my absolute favorite part of this film is because I feel like it's the moment where like the adventure really starts and it's uh, Walter hopping out of the helicopter. Yeah. I think that's like the moment when you see the shift in who he is and then it's just like, fuck yeah, because as soon as he gets brought back onto the boat, he gets the change of clothes. He has that very like backpacker, hitchhiker vibe and you just know it's about to get really good from there on out. And that's why that's like, for me, that's like the the pinnacle moment that like sets the story in motion. So it's one of my favorites. It's just like a, a good moment of like, even for anyone watching at home, anyone can kind of have that. You have to have that leap of faith moment whenever you're wanting to get into something new or get out of your rut. And I, I don't know. It's a, it was a really beautiful moment for me. Yeah, I liked it. I will say, now thinking back what my favorite moment is, my favorite moment of the movie, I think still my favorite theme, like my favorite thing is probably that like film part. But my favorite moment of the movie has to be the very end. Not the very end. But, like, when they reveal what the Life Magazine photo is, that's probably my favorite moment. Dog, I was in fucking tears. I wasn't in tears. I was just like, yeah, that's good. I like see, that. I knew that was coming. I did, too. I see the movie, and I knew it was coming, but just every time. They set it up. They were like, oh, it's yeah. the quintessen- or quintessence of life. Of life. And it's like, okay, yeah, it's going to be about something in this realm. Mm-hmm. But I think just the payoff of watching all of this go down and all of you know, the movie unfolds and then it's just that. And you're like, yeah. oh my God, yes, thank you. Yeah. I was watching this movie with a buddy who's never seen it before when I was watching it. Oh, that's, that. Uh, I honestly, I don't know if that would be really fun or just like, please like this, please like this, please. No, it's fun. I like yeah. watching movies with people I haven't seen them because it's really fun, especially when I know it's a good movie. Except for my old roommate. He did not appreciate me showing him films that I thought were good like Amelie. He said that's weird as fuck for the first five minutes and then didn't watch it because it's like kind of weird for the first five minutes but that's fine it's okay logan you don't have to like all the movies i like you can go watch all the stupid movies you watch uh sorry i was a little salty for a second but i was really enjoying watching that with uh with somebody that hasn't seen it before because that end he's like my friend toby's like dude i need to see the picture i just need to see what the fuck the picture is we've been thinking about it all movie i need to see it and it finally revealed and he's like yeah it's fucking good i like that it's like it's one of those things that this movie does building up that it does build that up very well and the payoff a lot of times doesn't feel that good but that payoff i don't know dude that payoff it's like it's like damn that's good i know and i love that it wasn't even like i love that when he turned in the negative he was just like he didn't he didn't didn't look at it yeah and i was like dude that's fucking baller like the way he came in handed it off and he's like you know what you're a dick man and I was like, dude, mic drop, Walter Mitty. That's Fuck you, sweet. Ben, from Parks and Rec. Yeah, yeah. Ever notice how Adam Scott, this is kind of off topic, he plays the same character in every movie. He plays someone that fires people. Yeah. He I, looks like an accountant. Yeah. He is typecast, but it's literally the most perfect casting you could ever have. He always, it, dude, he, he plays the same role in his newest show, which is Severance. Uh, Severance. He literally plays the same role he's been playing for years. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Okay, let's get back on topic. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Not necessarily quite as linear because obviously, once you talk about the buildup of the the start of the film, it just kind of catapults into just this mess of bouncing back from reality and daydream, and that's something I really wanted to talk about because a lot of the time it seems, you know, the daydreams are fairly evident. Like, you can tell that it's the daydream, but there's, every now and then, there's kind of moments where you're like, I 
don't know if this is reality or a daydream because sometimes it doesn't feel all that real and there's like a little bit of a blender like overlap between the daydreams and reality sometimes yeah i think they the the seamless going from a daydream they're going from normal real life to a daydream how seamless it is is really good like it's really clean but they always let you know that it's not grounded in reality by doing something that's like this is not like there's no way this is real like yeah Kristen Wiig's character shows up to sing him the song it's a daydream it's perfect like it's so clean there's no like obvious cut there's no nothing like that but it's so clean it's like she's not here though she's not here mm-hmm. but like that was clean I didn't notice that like it's like oh we're in a daydream now I don't know I thought that was really entertaining and then they just stop doing it because he stops daydreaming. Yeah, and that's why uh, earlier I mentioned the eHarmony dude, Todd. Or not eHarmony, yeah. e... It was eHarmony. Dude, I don't know why. I keep thinking that's for taxes. Um, <laughs> You're thinking about eTrade or something like that. Yeah, you're right. You're right, dog. Yeah. But anyways, dude, Todd from eHarmony is just a fucking pivotal tool in this film that I think is awesome because he keeps you grounded no matter where the adventure is going. It's like, oh, your life is bland, your life is bland, and we notice that on the calls with Todd, and then it's like, boom, you haven't heard from Todd in a little while? Yeah, dude, I just hopped out of a helicopter, fought a shark, just hopped on some random boat, and went to, like, Iceland. What a... No, Greenland, then Iceland. No, he was in Greenland, then he went to Iceland. You're right. I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, always. Uh, (laughs) anyways. You didn't like Casablanca. That's just objectively wrong. Well, we'll continue. Yeah. Uh, we can throw hands later. It's fine. Yeah, that's totally fine. I'll meet you in the parking lot. No, but I think Todd is like a, a great character because it keeps you kind of grounded and lets you know like the growth that he's going on. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I think like once you get to the adventurous part of the film, it's just so beautiful and you never know where he's going next. Also to say, um, this goes into the attention to detail thing, but when he arrives in Greenland, the dude's just like, yeah, there's only eight people in this fucking country or whatever. Within the film, you only ever see eight. Really? Yeah. There's only eight people in that entire country because the production actually asked the people of the town that they were filming at to stay indoors for the day. And they were all like, yeah, dude, I'll do my part. I'll stay inside. That's fine. So then you- I don't want to go outside and cold. (laughs) And yeah, what's even crazier is like, I already knew this going into it. So then when I was watching these scenes, I started counting people and tallying them. That doesn't, only, that, in, that doesn't include the Chilean sailors, right? No. Yeah. Because they're not on the continent or country or whatever. But no. Uh, you go through and you start counting people. There's seven and Walter. <laughs> That's so good. I like that. Yeah. It was one of the greatest details that was like, funny. dude, you guys, like, this That's such a isn't doing anything phenomenal or like out of the ordinary, but you're nailing down everything you're trying to execute. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, this film's not influential. This film's not really important, like anything like like film history wise. It's just like a really like fun to watch movie. Yeah. Like and it just does like I, there's stuff to be learned from every movie. And this one has a really good example of just sometimes it's fine just to be fun. Yes. Just, like be fun, but like do it well. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Don't, don't just try to make like a going back to film school. You ever this is on topic. Do you going back to film school? And there's people trying to make really serious films and they just make it bad. And there's also people trying to make comedies. It's just like, no. 
just make a film well and it doesn't matter <laughs> that sounded really bad uh just make just like you don't need to make a really serious movie for it to be good no you can make a comedy as long as like you have the techniques like solid and you have like a good ground place you can make whatever movie really fun to watch and really good like it doesn't matter you don't need to have like i don't know where i'm going with this but it's just like it's fine just to have a really fun movie that you just nail down well like you don't if you're making a comedy you don't need to forego all of your other film skills just because of the comedy you can like keep all those details you can keep that really interesting production design you can have really pretty cinematic shots like we see on location but that's fine it's just like it's a fun film to watch like that's what's important just mm-hmm. make it make a good movie to watch it doesn't matter what it is i don't know if that was really on topic but no that's very on topic and i mean dude this the film does that and like like you said with the cinematic shots like they're shooting on location in uh i want to say greenland for the majority of it um cuz even when they're in afghanistan iceland whatever it's all in basically iceland so yeah, they shoot on location in Iceland and they're using that to double as Afghanistan and Greenland. And so when they're on location, they're actually getting all of these beautiful wide shots and none of that CGI, which I think is awesome. Oh yeah. Also with them shooting on location, they did have to push back some of their production days and they almost like lost out on a couple of scenes because there was like a super bad windstorm when they're out on a glacier at one point. Really? And yeah, it's like the it's the moment when Walter meets Sean up on the mountain. Really? There were there was a like a crazy windstorm going on all throughout that, and then they had like a weird brief gap in the wind that they were able to just nail down these shots. That's crazy. That's filmmaking for you. Yeah, legit. Like you're shooting on location, it's you're gonna run into faults, but it's like how can you pivot quick enough to get some of the stuff done? Like whenever they're on the boat, they weren't actually supposed to be on a physical boat. But were they? Yeah. It was supposed to be in a studio down in LA. They were actually just on the boat in Iceland. They were like, hey, we have the boat here. We don't have enough time to like build out all this stuff in LA. So let's just get it done while we're here. And that's one of the crazy things about filmmaking is sometimes you just, just got to do it. <laughs> like, dude, yeah. I'm, like, I don't know. Shit. Ben Stiller longboarding down the thing. Obviously, it's a body double, but still, you literally just strap someone onto a arm that is connected to a truck and you're driving 40 miles an hour down this hill dragging them on a longboard like that's gnarly but like that's just what you had I thought, it, I thought he did part of that he did okay but i mean for probably i want to say like the the hand drag yeah. and that kind of stuff because also when he's is uh showing Kristen wiggs kid how to do a kickflip that's that's obviously a body double Dog, yeah, yeah. You see how athletic he was when he popped. Up I mean, I, you can tell. You can tell it's not him. It's yeah, a dude wearing a wig. Yeah. What? Well, plus it's like a close up of him, and then they go to a wide shot of wig on the phone when he's doing like the crazy, crazy tricks with his back turned. You're like, yeah. All right, dad's coming. Come on. There was two things that really pissed me off about this movie, and by really pissed me off, there's no reason for me to be mad about it, but it just annoyed me. Was he used his tie to put on the skates on his hand? But it would have fucking fallen off so quick, cause that shit would just wear off. Like I was all like, I was like, that pisses me off. Un- like for no reason, it makes me so mad. <laughs> I don't know why, but I was like, it wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah, without raising my voice, I agree with you. Sorry. Um, I got emotional, Todd. <laughs> it's fine if you get emotional, you crying bitch. Dude, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> I was like, that was a shot. That was a shot. shot fire shot. That was a shot. I'll take it. I'll eat it, dog. I'll eat it. It's fine. But no, I agree it's with you. Emotional. 
that part logistically or like in a logic set yeah. that wouldn't work but it was it like was, ah. it was a cool moment i just it bugged me for like i'm not even like a big longboarder like i i did that a little bit but i don't know why it just kind of bugged me i was like i was like it'd fall off i don't know why but then there's like a shark attack game and i didn't care the other thing that bugged me was the alarm for the volcano because we know the volcano is going to erupt the dude's trying to warn him about him right and it's like the alarm goes off and then it erupts. I'm like, that's not how that works. And that made me like annoyed, but it doesn't matter. It's a comedy movie. I just like two moments that like made me unreasonably like annoyed for no reason other than me just being a prick. So yeah, dude. Yeah. No, dude. Uh, <laughs> sorry. That's like kind of random, but yeah, no, you're totally fine. I mean, there's a ton of stuff that like goes down within the film. Oh my god, no, this is the one thing that you got excited about, or similarly how you got excited. This one was like a, what the fuck are they doing kind of moment? What was the Benjamin Button scene? Oh, that was so random, but hilarious. I was dying laughing, and I was also just like, this is super weird. It doesn't make sense for the film, but like, go for it, guys. This is hilarious. <laughs> was that was that the one where he was, that was after the scene in the park, right? Yeah. If That was that daydream. Where he's just like daydreaming about like getting old with her, and it's about like I have Benjamin Button disease, and then, uh, ah. but I haven't seen the funniest thing was I don't I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know how it works. <laughs> that was hilarious, so funny. Oh, uh, dude, I don't know. It's just like it's random and it's funny, and I like the callback, but it's just like I don't know. It's hilarious. It's just one of those random moments that I was like, why did I do this? It's so funny though. It looks good though. But, like to see, like it actually looks good. Yeah, like right. It's like you're a throwaway scene in a movie putting that much like effort into it. Props. Big teams. Yeah. Like that is, hey, we, dude, imagine like coming up with the script for that scene and they're like, hey guys, like we just want to do this because I think it's just going to be fun. So like a fun little side piece we can add in here. It makes absolutely zero sense. But like, are you down? Yeah. Uh, I'm about to throw shots right here. And I don't know if you're going you're gonna to agree, but I like Ben Stiller movies better than like Adam Sandler movies. For for I know I know this is a big it's a big statement it's un it might be an unpopular opinion, but for the main reason being like an example of this movie, and Tropic Thunder's other ones, but um, this movie has those little throwaway things and it when it has a throwaway moment it puts so much effort into it, and that's why I like these better than Adam Sandler movies. A lot of Adam Sandler movies don't go all out for the throwaway moments, which makes it feel cheaper. Dude, yeah, Adam Sandler movies are fully cheaper. Yeah, I know. But what I'm saying is, like, I I enjoy watching movies that go all out for those throwaway moments. It's ridiculous. Why would you do that? Because it's fucking funny. I don't know. I just, I don't know. Like, the Benjamin Button moment is, like, a yeah. great throwaway. It's like, why would you spend that much money on that CGI for a literally a throwaway moment in the movie? That means nothing for anything at all. Because it's fucking funny. <laughs> I love that so much. The Like, the whole time you've been saying this, I've been trying to think of, like, a throwaway moment from a Adam Sandler movie, and the only one I can think of is Steve Buscemi in Billy Madison uh, as he's just putting on fucking lipstick and then, like, crosses off someone's name on his list with the lipstick. That's, like, the only throwaway moment, and it's so low quality. And I think that's why I like the Adam Sandler movies. Like, we will never talk about an Adam Sandler movie on this film unless it's, like, Hustle or sure. Uncut Gems where he's not, you know, it's not a happy Madison. But, like, dude, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, like, 
Mr. Deeds. Like, I love those movies. Those are totally fun for me, but I don't dislike them. I just like when a movie goes all out for those stupid moments. I agree. I just think I uh, I think it's better. You pointed out the difference, and I see the difference that you're talking about. Not, and I say I ain't saying I don't that. Not saying I don't. I don't like to watch some movies like Happy Gilmore is golden. That's like a great movie. You so if anybody says it's not good, so does Night at the Museum really hit for you then? Okay, no, that's a different one. Well, actually, you know what? I do like Night at the Museum. Night at Museum two, kind of lame. Shouldn't have done it. But Night at the Museum, fair. Chopper Thunder. Um, I cannot legally state if I like that movie or not. Interesting. Okay. Um, moving on. Uh, it would not be good today. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, but honest to God, there's so many different elements and like, I don't want to sit here and just continuously say that, but it's, it's very true. Like, it's a beautiful movie. It's a fun story. We keep saying that over and over. There's not a ton that they're doing technically that's like super out there, innovative, creative, whatever. Um, but one of the one of the small tidbits and we kind of pieced on it earlier with the CGI, but some of their animations throughout are pretty fun. I'm not going to lie. Like, uh, the initial call for Walter to start, you know, going out and adventuring. It's the Sean O'Connor's picture and he's sitting there like waving, like come to me coming out of the still photograph. Or even then when Stiller and Adam Scott are fighting over the stretch Armstrong, when they get around and they're both holding onto the arms and Stretch gets pulled around that that one pole, yeah, his like, face animated. He's yeah. like, ah, yeah. what's going on? You know, there's small animations like that all throughout. Like, just like when they're on the plane, obviously all the text flying in, but there's a lot of transitions that they utilize it, like early on, and Walter's sitting outside in front of the fountain, the camera kind of comes up, and it's like, filming over i want to say like the water and then that transitions to the, the film stock of the the boat and whatever the transitions in this movie are clean they're very clean. yeah i think it was super well done um but yeah uh all right this is like really the last thing that i have that i want to bring up besides getting into some like maybe some side random facts but this is strictly about the movie once Stiller finally goes and meets Sean O'Connor, um, Walter Mitty meets Sean, they're standing up there looking for the snow leopard, all of that, and it's, you know, it's a great moment. But once the the snow leopard actually comes into the viewfinder, they're sitting there and they're both looking at it, and Stiller's just like, so when are you going to take it? When are you going to take the moment? And Sean O'Connor responds of like, if I like a moment... I just let it be like I sit in the moment. I'd be aware and be present in this moment and enjoy it. Like not everything has to be photographed or anything like that. And I think that was like, honestly, a really beautiful moment yeah. within the film because it's like a lot of the film has a duality, not only with like life magazine, but like life in general. Like it's commonly, it's, you know, it's a surprisingly poetic movie. Very, yeah. Yeah. Like, like the, the, the messages it's talking about are actually like, wow, it's like, Kind of profound. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like the end, like life dedicated to the people like that made it. Right. Like, yes. Kind of profound. It's like, oh, it's about the people that like made it. And like the picture is of Walter. Sorry. Spoiler. Uh, God, dude. Trigger warning. Spoiler. Uh, don't listen to what I said 15 seconds ago. Um, but I don't know. It's just like it's the payoff and the messages that movies have. This one has like a couple payoff moments that are like kind of funny. And other ones that are like serious and they're really good. 
I don't know. Like you're saying, like this this is the maybe the last thing I have to talk about other than like throwaway stuff like that. Is like did it just like the the messages that you're talking about, like it's talking about life itself and how sometimes moments are like to be like just sat in and like felt rather than like captured. I don't know. It's just a really like serious message, but also like as he like starts to experience things in life, he as he starts to experience things, he stops daydreaming because he's living what he pictured. Yeah. And it kind of goes back to that. Don't not and, living what he pictured. And with that, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but like when they're in the time and life building early on, like obviously you might have seen that there's the one photo at the end of the row of it's him covering. Yeah. Yeah. They use that. They use a lot of the photos and other stuff in the background to signify who he wants to be or like what he wants to do. And that, oh, yeah. that's still a part of like the attention the, the, detail. The attention detail along with the graphic design stuff, like the graphics on the screen, like changing the text and that kind of stuff. I don't know. This movie is surprisingly like serious and kind of profound. Know, this sounds weird to say, but it's like kind of like, wow, that's like a seriously cool, like dope message to have in a movie that's just like kind of a objectively kind of a throwaway comedy. Yeah. No, like, and like, honest to God, we work in this industry and it's like, when I was telling people that I work with, like, hey, we're about to talk about Walter Mitty. Every single one of them was like, dude, I love that. It's like a movie. It's a great movie. And it's, there's nothing that it does that stands out that makes you not want to watch it. It's not a movie that you're ever going to talk about film school. No, not at all. But like, it's a really good example of somebody that loves to make movies, that loves to make movies well, and just wants to make one for fun. It's like a really good example for that. But there's like nothing like really of. The value to like, well, it's also like talk about not taking yourself too seriously. It's yeah. like, hey, I have this concept. I want to do it. I want to do it justice. Yeah. But I'm not going to go above and beyond to like overproduce it. Yeah, for sure. Well, shit. Yeah. Okay. One more thing I just thought of. All right. The payoffs in this movie kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier. But the payoffs in this movie, there's a there's so many things that it pays off. It does it well. First one, meeting Todd. Feels like it's a throwaway thing. And then there's a reason for it in the end. Right? Dude, like, yeah, he seems to date. Let's go, Todd. Yeah, dude. I don't know. It's just, it's just like, yeah, this whole moment of him, like, having the e-harmony thing, like, oh, it's just going to be, like, a throwaway character. Ha ha, laugh, laugh. Oh, no, it actually ends up being something. Yeah. He's off. I also love that, like, when he's talking to Todd near the end, Todd's just like, yeah, so, like, before I touched on your profile, you had, like, 500 plus matches or something crazy yeah. like that. It's like, okay interesting and he doesn't give a shit anymore he's just like whatever dude yeah. i don't need that i'm living my dream and i i don't know there's yeah. a ton that goes on within it that's awesome yeah then i mean off the payoff of the picture at the end like oh the leading up to that moment this is the, the entire thing the movie's talking about is that photo dog and it's a good moment i love that it's not like just seeing the photo it's the photos at a newsstand and Kristen wade points it out and he looks at it and he's like oh that's cool and then he's walking away and she's like, are you not going to buy one? He was like, no, I'm going to go back later and get one. I just wanted to like look cool. So that's a funny joke to like end the movie up. Yeah, it was phenomenal. I was like, okay, it shows a little growth, but he still knows who he is. Yeah. Um, another payoff moment, which is longer to come by, but when he goes to, when he's at the park with Richard and uh, his mom, Kristen Wiig, uh, she's talking on the phone about her fridge. Then later, he uh, Walter Mitty goes to the house, and the ex is there. He assumes that they got back together. 
he goes on this crazy adventure. And in the end, she's like, no, he's fixing my fridge. Mm-hmm. It's a payoff moment. I don't know. This is like a little detail. It's the details. It is. The and details. that doesn't matter. Details make a movie. They really do. Yeah. And I mean, dude. Oh, one more thing. Sorry. Last one. The B story, the whole fucking time is his mom moving and there's a piano. Oh, and the payoff of and the, the piano, off of the piano, and with the, the story of his mom and his sister is that the photo was there the whole time. Plus, also the payoff with his mom kind of being a hoarder. Yeah, she saves the day by still keeping. I don't know. It. I don't know. There's so many random details that are like it's just like none of these are like wow, that's so like innovative. It's just no. like it's just like that's entertaining to watch. But like with the attention to detail, it's not to a T. This, but it feels very like corkboard and string of like. Oh yeah. How do I piece all of this shit together while within the same story? And it's it's beautiful. But at the same time, it helps tell the story and not feel like, oh, Game of Thronesy, that just happened. Yeah. That was the end. Yeah. It feels like you can look back. We're looking back now. I don't think you thought about this before. I didn't think about this before. All these different moments, like, oh shit, that makes sense because of that. I mean, yeah. So we're, cork- we're literally both we're sitting here right now, <laughs> cork wording and like, oh my god. Oh fuck. That's gonna was here. Oh shit. That led to there. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. It made the final payoff of everything that happened not feel cheap. Yeah. Without even like realizing it. I don't know. Yeah. It's, so it's a it's a comedy movie and we're getting like, wow, the payoff in this was so good. It's like it's a movie about laughing. Dude, the movie's an onion. It has layers. So many layers. <laughs> All right. Well, I feel like we could just continue sitting here and talking in circles about this, but Honest to God, I have nothing more to say other than this is a really fun movie with a great attention to detail that I highly recommend anyone watches because I know I I just watched this like literally this week and I'm already ready to go and watch it again. It's just a fun movie and I can't help but say I really enjoy it. And I'm a, you know, like I said last week, I'm a sucker for cheesy touching moments. Cheesy touching moments, yeah. These endings always get me and I love it. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah. I think this movie is worth exactly... No, that was, that's a hard number to say. I was gonna say the box, the the revenue from the box office, but that's a long number with a lot of different numbers that I'll probably mess up. So I'm just gonna pretend I said it. It's worth that much. And then, uh, yeah, like you said, it's a good movie. I like to watch it. It's fun. I would not mind watching it again. Yeah, absolutely. So, I guess this brings an end to another episode of Theater Cleaners. I have been Todd. Beside me has been Dom. I never know if you're going to say my name or wait for me to say it. And it always kind of gives me anxiety. I know. I like to keep you on your toes. But anyways, next week we're going to be watching a super cool film that we haven't picked yet. So no need to get ahead of it because it'll hopefully be something you've probably seen. No, and we're probably doing the the older one first. Yeah, we are. You probably haven't seen it. Probably not. I don't know. You, you want to pick one right now? I don't know. Yeah, let's pick it right now. Okay. I'm feeling tukibuki. Tukibuki? Senegalese film, yeah. Or do we want to keep it more on the America side? I could go back. We could do General from Buster Keaton. No, no, no I'm, I'm just trying. I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to think of one myself right now. Mm. Don't take all day. Oh, that's hard. Seven Samurai. Oh, I've heard a lot of good things about that. Have you not seen it? Mm. It's like uh, Magnificent Seven, but the original. All right. So next week we're going to be watching Seven Samurai. Unless we don't have the streaming service, which is it on? That it might change. Now, we'll make it work so you guys can all watch along at home. And It's really long. It's like three hours. So, we'll watch a movie next week. 
and uh, talk about it the week after. Dude, I, I, we just need to pick a fucking film. <laughs> I'll figure it out later. Bicycle thieves. Bicycle thieves. All right. All right. Well, I guess this is a the perfect time to wrap up another episode of Theater Cleaners. I've been your host Todd. Beside me has been Dom. And next week we will be watching a classic of Italian cinema called Bicycle Thieves. It's interesting and i've watched it multiple multiple times so if you've never seen it at home i'd recommend going out and watching that before you tune into our next episode because there's going to be a lot to talk about dom any last words oh i got nothing <laughs> sounds about right all right thanks for tuning in and uh catch you later <laughs>